everybody, the con artist here. We're here to talk about the shows that we watched during the fall 2022 season. So we got everybody here. There's myself, Sue. We got Scott. Hello. Dan. Hey there. And Brendan. Hello. Everybody's here. All right. So uh, who wants to start us off with what you watched? Yeah, I'll hop in. Uh... I watched, uh, you know, we're going to start off at the low end of the spectrum here. I watched Beast Tamer. And you know what? It isn't very good. Uh, so it's like a fantasy show, technically not an isekai, one of those ones where everyone's actually born there. Uh, and they have their mild twist where the lead isn't like the hero with a capital H. Uh, the hero and his party actually end up opposing this guy just because they don't like him for some contrived reason or other. Uh... And like, other than that one mildly interesting thing, honestly, not very, not very good. The animation's like serviceable, kind of lackluster. There's an uninteresting cast of characters. Like the premise is he uh, contracts with various like beast girls and takes their powers. Like they share powers basically. And then he becomes very strong to go take out whatever the threat is. Um, he has the classic, like, become ridiculously overpowered really, really fast, like, super early in the show. So there's no challenge or anything. And you're just watching him go through the motions. Now, quick question. Does he exclusively uh, contract with Beast Girls? Or is it, like, general beasts or beast dudes? Or are we uh, are we in that sort of a thing? Uh, it's sort of like he can do temporary contracts with anything. So, it'll be, like, it'll be, like, any creature, like a bird or bees or something. Uh, but like the, the real deal special contracts technically could be done with any creature, but in the case of this show, it is all beast girls who are all sort of super special. They call them ultimate species in this, in this, uh, universe. I see. You know, Scott, when I was a kid, you know, I would watch pretty much anything on like WB kids or adult swim or whatever that looked like anime. Right. I was just like, oh my gosh, like. I really love this Japanese cartoon stuff. Let's do it. And so, you know, it was just this collection of shows that I look back on myself and I'm like, oh my gosh, these shows were kind of garbage. Like, this sounds like <laughs> the type of thing that would have aired on my WB 11 in the morning. And I would have been like, yeah, I totally like just watched Beast Tamers because it was on right before, like, you know, Mega Man <laughs> Battlestar Network or whatever the heck that other show was. Like, it sounds like amazing garbage <laughs> like, you say that now but i don't know if the uh the age range that this show panders to like would be appropriate for that kind of tv i mean you th- i don't know you think it's, so it's honestly it's honestly relatively wholesome like as far as it goes oh, i said i did put in the first episode and i gotta say it was one of my first drops yeah, i can i can see why like, not great. Yeah. And also, I can totally picture the announcer guy being like, coming up soon, Beast Tamer. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly like that. The preview for every episode. So it sounds like, you know, that kind of level. But that's unfortunate. <laughs> yes, this is this is definitely a case of I watch it so you don't have to. Yeah. Uh, Good stuff. So, yeah, not recommended. All right, who's right, who's got something next? All right, I'll go next. Uh, let's follow this trend of not so great unfortunately spoilers all right so this is um my hero academia season six Uh, if you're on this train you're on this train we're all the way at season six i know right the train (laughs) just keeps going so uh season six brought the action full tilt like the the paranormal liberation army which i think i mentioned last time in season five joined forces with the league of villains so now they're called the paranormal liberation front and I believe this arc is called the Paranormal Liberation War. So you got to keep like all that, that phrase together. a lot. They really do. Yes, that's the idea. So uh, the group is infiltrated by pro hero number two, Hawks, who learns of this major plan that this group has to place a ton of like nomus into the city and, you know, destroy a ton of people and also resurrect the big, big supervillain of the show all for one using uh, the League of Villains big baddie Tomura Shigaraki's body and honestly from what I just said you should probably not be surprised by my next sentence which is this is the most shonen-y McShonen <laughs> that this show has been up until this point. Wait there's also a like, tournament arc? 
that was earlier, and that was actually handled really well. But uh, since then, it's definitely gotten more, I guess, uh, more typical shonen since then. Ah, very good. Yeah, yeah. Instead, so instead we're going the the DBZ way. Scott. Oh, that's, I gotcha. that's that's how we tilt this time. The action is solid, right? There's like good animation still, good accompanying music, all that stuff. The stakes are very high. Like the heroes are in big trouble this time. Oh yeah. Um, but surprisingly for me personally, I'll be interested to hear what Dan says. A lot of this season felt surprisingly unengaging. You can barely process the slew of like a million new characters that are being thrown at you. There's just fight after fight after fight with no downbeats. And the powers for these characters are wildly out of proportion now. I think one thing that made MHA very special is that all of the characters, yes, they have the quirks, but... There was always a counterbalance to the quirks, right? Their their quirks had limits and they had weaknesses. And this just like throws all that out and is like people can like, you know, jump off buildings and, you know, float in the air for excessive amounts of time. You know, Midori and Shigaraki are definitely the worst offenders here. Shigaraki at one point gets blasted with 2200 degree Fahrenheit heat from one of the the main characters who can make flame from his body. All his skin is burned off. Do you understand? And then suddenly he's just like, oh my goodness, thank goodness that my regeneration ability is so high that I was somehow able to survive this attack and like, you know, recover afterwards. Just the, the whole thing reeks of DBZ nonsense with these impossible air battles and people just being punched within an inch of their lives. And I'm like, all your organs would be like a smoothie by now. You gotta be kidding me. It's just, uh. Yeah, because one of the key points, as Sue pointed out, is that most people have various weaknesses and the vast majority of heroes do not have particularly, you know, high durability. Yeah, they're usually tougher than your average person, but the majority of them that aren't like already super strong or whose abilities are specifically being jacked are relatively normal folks and can only take so much. But like she said, it's like we've got we've got such an escalation, which makes sense because we're kind of approaching the uh, we're approaching the end of things. We're approaching the finale at this stage. And I understand that th- that things have escalated, but it does feel like very much a we're going to throw everything at the wall. And that's really all we have going now, because it's like several people now have multiple quirks. That's sort of the new twist of the season. And it makes it a lot harder to sort of figure out like, oh, how are these how are these fights going to play out? One of the benefits of the early ones where, you know, the quirks were a little more firmly defined or at least their limitations were more firmly defined was that you could kind of game out in your head as the show was playing out. Oh, here's some clever ways they might be able to use it. And then to see the uh, characters either do that and follow through or find new and unique ways of getting around other people's abilities was really the big draw. And now it's just kind of like everyone has a whole bunch of powers and we're just going to start slamming the slamming the action figures together and we'll see how it turns out. So while I think it was definitely a step up from the previous season, I do agree that at this point it's it feels a little bit less engaging just because it's kind of turned into the thing that everyone always talked a bit about it being different then, I guess. Yeah, I'm I'm in sync with Dan on that. I don't like the first half of this season, but I do agree that it's a step up from five, which, you know, had a really, really cool idea and then just like baited you and pulled the rug out. So to end, you know, there are some tense moments where I was invested, like class A and B, we they're they're taking on this huge enemy called Gigantomachia, and it involves like a clever use of everyone's powers, which are still in check at this point with that group. And it lets one of the the lead female characters, Yayozuru, have a, a big moment to shine. Um, but overall, the show is just having the same old problems, right? Like majority of the females in the show are all just background noise. They barely appear for anything. Uh, Midoriya's stupid one-for-all <laughs> abilities are just incredibly contrived and they're coming out of nowhere like dan says he's got like multiple abilities now and they just like appear for shonen reasons like oh no i'm falling through the air thank goodness i've now learned like air jump or something ridiculous right that lets me float for multiple minutes it you know those kinds of silly classic things. shonen um, 
classic shonen. Uh, the whole thing is wrapped tight, right? In that tropey blanket, and it struggles as a result. But I care about these characters, and I care about their struggle. That's what keeps me here and keeps me watching. Uh, so let's just hope that things smooth out and start becoming the show that I really got engaged with in the first place as we move forward. And uh, like I started with in the beginning, if you're on this boat, you're on this boat, right? This isn't like a recommended or not. Like if you're here at season six, we're watching to the end. So <laughs> just leave us a comment on what you thought, I guess, is where I'll go. I'll end with that. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Who's next? Oh, sure. I'll pick up. Uh, so on the on the better side, there's uh, Reincarnated as a Sword, which, as you might imagine from the title, is indeed an isekai. Uh, but this one has a, a good twist on it, where the isekai person is not the main character. Uh, instead, they support the main character. So, like, the, the guy gets reincarnated as basically an intelligent weapon that can, like, make its own decisions and fly around and, like, have legitimate telekinesis or whatever. So it also has air jump, Scott? It also Did learns it learn air, air jump, jump? Uh, relatively early. Okay. Uh, but, you know, the, the real use of a sword is in the hands of a wielder. So he finds this, uh, like, cat girl character who is uh, on the ropes. They team up and, like, now she wants to become, like, a powerful adventurer. Uh, and off they go on adventures. So there's a lot of action, a lot of really good-looking fight scenes. It's well-animated. Uh, and yet it does a good job of not making the main character completely overpowered. Like, they are strong, sure, but there are many stronger people, and, like, her abilities, even with the, the fancy sword, are not unusual to anyone. Like, So it still keeps up the tension? It keeps up the tension, and, like, for instance, she'll, like, whatever, jump through the air, like, do double, like, jump on air. In fact, air jump. She learns air jump at some point, basically. And, like, rather than being like, my god, like, the guys are like, ah, oh, yes, air jump. That's a medium level like movement skill, you know, impressive that she'd know that at this point. So like people know the names of the skills and no one, nothing she's doing is like out of the realm of possibility for anyone else, uh, which is, is good for keeping things somewhat balanced. So what kind of adventures are we talking about, Scott? Like are, it, it, she's not having like tea and cake and like pretending to have adventures, like a side game show. Is she actually like killing monsters? Like what are we, what's the crux of her adventures? It's It's got your standard sort of like you're in an RPG world and there's like a quest board and adventure and guild and all the usual stuff. Uh, but her like explicit goal is get really strong. Like in this world, the beast races can evolve into stronger forms by whatever, fighting stuff and, and getting experience. And her race in particular uh, is considered weak, too weak to ever evolve. And she's like, I will overcome this, whatever, this limitation uh so unlike in many isekais where you get strong as a side result of going on adventure here the actual literal goal is just to become very strong uh which oh okay yeah like at least they they, they cut away the cruft she's in it for the fights and she wants to keep going places and fighting more things I'm like all right good like we don't have to waste time uh, sounds fun all right. Yeah, it is actually pretty fun. Like the, you know, the sword guy can telepathically talk with her. So they have conversations and stuff. What's their relationship like? Um, She sort of considers him like, like a teacher because he has all this knowledge and all these skills and so on. And he kind of looks at her, I guess, kind of the same way, like a pupil. Like they're, he's going to help support her and power her up. Cool. Uh. The only downside really is that like there is humor and sometimes it kind of falls flat or they reuse it too much. But honestly, it's kind of a minor, a minor negative. So. Is she a loner, Scott, or is there a party? Uh, she is totally a loner. Uh, there is an adventuring guild and like she does work alongside people, but she's definitely not in a party. And like, even wow. when, she, even when she is working alongside people, like the next arc, it'll be like, okay, I'm going on my own to this new dungeon or there's a different group of people and I'm going alongside them. So it is like a solo quest. Hmm. Definitely kind of a, a new mix of, a uh, new mix of ideas that you haven't really seen in that combination, uh, recently. So yeah, it sounds like, you know, it has at least enough unique selling points to keep it interesting. Yeah, yeah, for a show with a stupid name like that, <laughs> like reincarnated as a sword, yeah, I, right? I'm impressed that this is your 
you know, take on it. The title is at least mercifully short. It is mercifully short. Uh, I should yeah, mention that. to to retroactively continue to beat up on Beast Tamer, but like, <laughs> oh my god, the the Japanese title is the longest title in the season. Like it's it's <laughs> so long. I don't even remember what it is. So I'm glad this one is short. I think both in English and Japanese. Okay, very good. I mean, that's what I got. Uh, recommended. Who's who's got something next? Oh, both Sue and I watched Bochi the Rock, Ooh. which I'm still a little unclear as to why that is the uh, official romanization or like not even the official romanization. Like it is basically the title. Does the character have any rock like characteristics? Oh, absolutely. I just like the rock is just an, an odd uh, turn of phrase, mm. I suppose. Like. Uh, there's a scene in which one of the characters actually tries to drop the title, and it really seems like it's supposed to be, like, Bochi's rock, like, possessive. Because that's the thing you hear in Japan, not unfrequently, is, like, Bochi no rock kind of thing. Oh, okay. So it's it's just an odd translation. Well, right, but it's one that's in-universe. Oh, huh? okay. Yeah. Huh. Like, she... Well... I sometimes think it works a little bit like... Total aside, like Attack on Titan. My husband and I were talking about this one day. Like that title makes no sense. And actually, if you look at the title, I'm pretty sure it has like the no Q gene in there. So I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be Attack Titan, which, you know, fits the show. If you I watch sort it. of assumed it was like Attack of the Titans. No, I'm, I don't think it's supposed to be that. So I think it technically translates to like Attack Titan, but... You know, Attack on Titan is what we took in English to, like, I don't know. That's the best we, we came up with, and it doesn't make any sense hmm. grammatically. So I, I sort of assumed it fell into that category. Like, yeah, it could be like Bochi's Rock, but Bochi's Rock doesn't sound comprehensive at all. <laughs> like, I know it's more grammatically correct, but that would be a very odd title. They just picked what sounded better as a uh, title for the show. Yeah. I guess. But yeah, you could have gone with like Bochi Rocks. That's That probably would have made more sense. Oh, You know what? Well, I think what we need to do in English is just do like the isekai thing. Be like, Bochi wants to find her rock. Be like, just, we, 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 can, we can lengthen the title on them. Let's turn it around, guys. Three lines, minimum. <laughs> <laughs> Bochi is a shy girl on a quest to find her rock. Like, yes, okay. We're gonna... We're going to stretch it out into infinity. I like that. <laughs> so outside of the weird title, what is the deal with Bochi and her rock or rock-like characteristics or what have you? Um, well, she decides uh, when she's in the beginning of her middle school career, right? She sees a, a thing on TV that was uh, this band being interviewed. And this guy was like, oh, you know, I was shy until I like started doing music and got into a band. And she was like... I'm super shy. I don't have any friends. If I get good at music, I could get into a band and be popular. So she spends her entire three years of middle school grinding guitar that like her dad has in the back. And then the story basically picks up at her beginning of high school and is like, well, I still don't have any friends. <laughs> is she at least good at guitar? She's very good at guitar. Well, then at least that's something. For a minute there, I yeah, thought this, this is was definitely gonna be, not uh, K-On. I thought it was going to be like key the metal idol for a minute here. Ha. <laughs> Ooh, deep cut. Yeah, um, so not to hopefully jump in on the cutting off Brendan, but like Hitori Goto, I need everyone to understand, like is my husband if he was a pink haired anime girl. I saw this <laughs> this like write up for the show and I was like, honey, this is you. And he was like, it is me. And then we watched the show and it's 100% him, like legitimately down to the like, oh, I'll be cool and popular if I learned to play guitar in middle school, totally grinded the guitar, got really good at it, used to bring the guitar to class like Hitori Goto does. And in her head, she's like, if I bring my guitar to class, people will think I'm cool and they'll ask me about my guitar. And she has this like fantasy about like having a bunch of friends who are like, oh, Hitori, you're so cool. You have a guitar. And like no one speaks to her <laughs> at all. She brings it to school. No one cares. And and my husband was like, that's exactly how it goes. I also brought it to school and no one cared. Oh, no. Oh, no. 
it's it's so legit like it's it's amazing and you know the show does such a great job of, of portraying in my opinion silly female friendship like the trials and tribulations of being an introvert according to my husband i'm an extrovert so i was just like is this real he's like it's all so real it's all exactly how it works having um severe social anxiety but still wanting to be recognized and acknowledged uh it had really good music and really great concert scenes right brendan i think they did a really nice job they did an excellent job oh good that's important. So too. that was that was cool. Yeah. So once again, definitely not K on. Like there's there's real music happening here, and the the girls are really trying hard. Um, the core group of four girls really just care about each other and they accept each other, which is which is a big deal because they all have a little bit of a quirky personality, especially Bochi, you know, Hitori Goto, and um, what was her name? Brendan Ray, I think. Ran uh... the blue haired one blast i can't think okay she's the worst like she she's super rich but then like constantly spends all her money and then when she's with the group pretend she has no money and then it's just like oh no buy me a crepe i can't go on if i don't have one and then they all buy it for her and like she just never pays them back but then her the yellow-haired girl nishika like like literally strangles her in a corner and is like, guess what? You owe everyone money now. Time to pay it all back. Like, you know, there's just like silly, silly little dynamics they have between them. Or like she uh, at one point attempts to barter with a shop owner. It's like, well, how many of your product can I get for this like bass guitar? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, exactly. She tries like nonsensical crap. Um, but yeah, you know what? Nobody tries to change Bochi, and that's a really important point I want to bring up. They just, like, let her be herself, and they just, like, work around her in whatever way is possible. Like, she's going ballistic, she's just like, I can't get on stage, ah, like, vibrating, and they're just like, Bochi's doing that thing again where she vibrates in the corner, well, just, like, set up, Bochi, come on stage when you're done, like exploding over there and you know in turn Bochi's allowed to come out of her shell of her own volition like she has the agency she wants to change and she wants to engage with her new friends and further the success of the band that she forms with them and it's it's a really different take on that and it's it's done really well you know the show is brilliantly animated uh it it has these visual gags that guys like i mean full-on we break into completely different animation styles and i'm not just talking like manga shading i'm talking like claymation oh, wow. i'm talking stop motion yeah it, it suddenly will like break into a completely different scene to showcase bochi having like an anxiety attack and it's extremely effective brendan i don't know if you want to talk about any one in particular but i love the godzilla one like it like chibifies her they're like, Bochi, you should get an Instagram. And she starts freaking out about the idea of, like, people seeing photos of her, right, on the internet. And she's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. This would totally rip me apart inside because, A, my introversion doesn't want anyone to see me. But, B, she and then, like, turns her into a Godzilla. And she'd be like, I'd be an attention-seeking demon like my posts. And she's, like, yelling at the city as she's in a Godzilla outfit, like, blowing <laughs> fire everywhere. Like, notice me, but also don't, because I'm huge and Godzilla. <laughs> so, just really amazing. Really amazing. And there's a lot of catnip in there, like, references to other shows as they... Uh... Like, we'll, we'll just, like, take certain shots and compose them in such a way that it's, like, her having collapsed on the ground is, like, a Yamcha death scene from Dragon Ball. Uh, or, like, she wakes up in the nurse's office and it's, like, uh, oh, an unfamiliar ceiling yes, <laughs> from Ava. Yes, yes. Oh, wow. That was there. Uh-huh. The show is really genuinely funny. It's heartwarming. Uh, it has great music. It really Many cares songs. about its material. Yep. It's... It does a wonderful nice. job of discussing being an introvert or having social anxiety and all those feelings that go with it. The ending is a little abrupt, uh, which I wasn't the biggest fan of, but, you know, let's hope this show gets a second season. I highly, highly recommend it. I mean, even if you're not, like, really into, I guess, like, schoolgirls, you know, in, in forming, forming a group, I think this one really challenges that. And I do really highly recommend it, so... Definitely go for it. One thing I forgot to put in the uh, color awards was that the band makes a cameo in Slow Loop, 
from really no way a really? fishing enemy there is a single like two second pan over them as they're at the uh, school festival oh fun that's cool oh, that is too cool uh, so it goes to show like how popular that is like the source material was even before the anime got adapted Hmm. That's really neat. That's that's awesome. But yeah, highly, highly recommended. Agreed. Nice. All right, I'll uh, pick up after that. Uh, let's see. With Arc Knights. So this is uh, basically an anime that is, I guess, based on or telling the story of a popular cell phone game, uh, which I happened to play. So I was like, sure, I will. I'll totally check this out. Real quick, Scott, can you just give like that little overview of the game? Is it like a gotcha game or? Uh, yeah, it does have gotcha mechanics. It's sort of like, I guess the easiest way is it's tower defense, but all of your towers are unique characters with unique abilities. So it's sort of about building a team of characters that can accomplish what you want to do in a tower defense kind of setting. Uh, there's a lot of other like game modes and stuff, but that's like the core gameplay. Uh, and the setting is sort of like like an alternate Earth style place where I don't know. There's uh, a lot of different like races and stuff, and there's there's often frequent catastrophes, like large scale city annihilating catastrophes. Uh, so people have adapted by having like mobile cities that move around, uh, and there's also a like a disease called uh, aripathy, which is like being infected with these crystals and it is incurable. Uh, the player character is like a doctor in a pharmaceutical company that is trying to, to cure it or figure out how to like minimize its damage. Uh, but you also have a combat team because like the infected are treated very badly. So that's sort of like the setting. Uh, the anime, I mean, it's good stuff. It looks great. Uh, it was, you know, kind of exciting for me to see characters from the game animated and voiced. Uh, they did a good job of both of those. Uh, like they, they do the first kind of, I think three or four chapters of the game in, in anime style. Uh, it's nice to see everything like on screen moving around. It actually makes a lot more sense. Like, you know, the cell phone game relies on still images and sound effects and text. So sometimes it can be a little hard to figure out exactly what's going on, but seeing it animated, you're like, yeah, okay, I remember that. This this makes, you know, more sense than it did then. Does it follow the story from the game, Scott, or is it like a whole new Oh no, yeah, beat for story. beat. It's the story of the game. Like I said, the first okay. the first like four chapters of the game story, which currently has like nine chapters. And a ton of side content, but like the core story is nine chapters. Um I liked it a lot. Like, I don't really have any cons, but like, if you don't, you know, play Arc Knights, you're not going to get quite as much out of it. Like, they have a couple shots where they like pan over the interior of uh, the main base, I guess. And I was like, oh yeah, look at all these characters that I recognize. Like, they might not be on screen doing stuff because they weren't part of the first chapter content, but you know, it was cool seeing everyone there. Uh, but it, like, it does tell a good story in its own right. You know, it's. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's, I mean, obviously it's a little hard to say because I've already played the game, but I feel like it's more coherent than something like Princess Connect, where you're sort of like, who are these people? Why do the characters change every episode? Like, no, this stays with one set of characters for the whole thing, which makes for a more coherent story. Uh, so yeah, recommended, particularly if you're playing Arknights. I mean, but if you're playing Arknights, you probably already heard about this. They made a, you know, quite a few announcements about it. That's pretty awesome that they could accomplish that much with so few episodes too. Isn't it only eight episodes? Yeah, it's only eight, which is probably why they only picked, you know, they, they picked a, a good stopping point in the, the game's content. And presumably they'll make more at some point if this turns out to do well. But yeah, they did a good job. Really the advantage of having Me? it already uh, plotted out ahead of time, I guess. They can just pick and choose what they want to move forward with. That's pretty exactly, cool. Exactly, yeah. All right. What else? Sue's got something next. Uh, I can go. Um, so I picked up uh, Chainsaw Man. Originally, I'd been kind of skeptical about this one. It seemed like the only selling points were like, you know, high quality animation and ultraviolence uh, based on the previews I had seen. Uh, and a lot, But a lot of people 
whose opinions I generally trust were, you know, talking about how excited they were for it. So I figured, you know what, let's give it a go. And while it certainly has both of those things in spades, uh, it is way more than that. And it is easily one of the most engaging shows I've seen in quite a while. Mm. Uh, it's definitely not for everyone, but it is, if it, if it grabs you, it does not let go. And it gets really intense, especially, uh, in the later parts of the, uh, of the season. So I am really excited for, uh, how it's going to keep going. Yeah. Chainsaw Man's definitely the new it girl. I feel like it's what everyone talks about. That's true. Everyone I know has pretty much said like Chainsaw Man, it's great. So it's, Good to hear mm-hmm. another another voice in the chorus saying saying yes. For sure, and for the few, for the few people who probably follow us and are not yet aware of what Chainsaw Man is, basically this neglected kid uh, finds himself a demon and eventually becomes one with it, allowing him to sprout chainsaws from his arms and head, uh, and has to fight various other demons and devils. Uh, for an organization that basically tries to keep humanity in Japan safe from these things. They're sort of a known thing. The world is not particularly supernatural, but these things exist. They're all based on, I believe they're all based on like various fears. Uh, So there's demons of like spiders and bats and blood and other like phobias and whatnot. And how they manifest themselves uh, is, you know, pretty interesting. And, you know, obviously there's ones that are stronger or weaker. um, And whether they're more of a relative nuisance to whether they're something that's, you know, outright city destroying. There's one of those that comes from America that I will not spoil for anyone who hasn't seen it. But uh, it is a pretty big deal. And um, there's, yeah, there's just a lot of really interesting... Uh, there's a lot of interesting monsters. There's a really cool dynamic between uh, the main character and the other, basically the co-workers he uh, comes into contact with over time. And whatever the deal is with their boss, who is, well, let's just say that uh, my, that, uh, my fiance called it the moment she saw that woman. <laughs> Dan, I'm just going to say, I have seen G Gundam. And if that American demon is wearing a football helmet while <laughs> surfing and beats everyone up with boxing gloves, it's not legit. I'm you see, that's the that's the adorable, know. quirky version of America that I wish we exported more of to the rest of the world. This is this is the depressing kind of America. Oh my! Oh, okay. Oh good. Uh, <laughs> so you mentioned that most of these or all these demons are based on fears. Like, what kind of demon is the one that is contracted with? Uh, well, his, again, he's, it's not so much a contract as they've sort of merged fused okay. and yeah, fused into one. And that is, you know, a de- a chainsaw demon. Okay. So someone's fear of chainsaws and he's like, cool. I, I drew this yeah. in my trapper keeper when I was young. This is what I want. <laughs> not exactly, but he actually like had it as a pet, which was, you know, very unusual because those sorts of things don't tend to wander around, let alone be like small and cute and cuddly like this thing was. It was basically a it was basically like a plush toy dog with a chainsaw coming out of its nose. That's more or less what it looked like. And eventually bad things happened and he was stuck in a situation where they ended up combining in order to save his life. And now he's got a chainsaw pull start in his chest, and every time he pulls it, the chainsaws erupt out of his uh, erupt out of his head and limbs, and things get extremely gory. Well, like Super Wolverine. All right. Yeah, and uh, as as I was you know implied earlier, like just incredibly high quality uh, animation. Um, the fight scenes are really dynamic and very well staged. Um, they do a pretty good job combining like CGI characters with more traditionally animated ones and backgrounds, and it generally works very well together. Uh, some of the scenarios they put together are just really, uh, really intense, really well uh, thought out. There's a point where they have to, they're basically in a building where things seem to loop. Like if you go up one flight of stairs, you'll come up the one from below where you just left. So it feels like you're pretty much you know, trapped in there and they sort of do a good demonstration of how people's like psyches start to fray after being stuck there for a certain amount of time. Um, 
So yeah, the demons are not just like big bad monsters most of the time. There's usually more of a dimension to them, and I think we're going to be exploring that more as we move forward, uh, which definitely helps keep things, you know, keeps things exciting. And also the fact that no one in this show, like he is, he our main character is extremely durable. He's able to pretty much be dismembered and still come back to life as long as his heart is intact. But most of the other characters are pretty much normal humans, and they die pretty easily. So again, there's always a strong amount of tension, and after the, you know, in the later parts of what we uh, saw, there are moments where you sort of wonder, like, dang, how are they going to come back from this one? And it uh, it always manages to keep a uh, keep a brisk pace and a uh, you know I won't say fun necessarily, but a very engaging. Uh, storyline going through all of the action. I didn't nice. dig into it, but uh, I have heard fans saying that the author of the manga is borderline insane, like huh. genuinely borderline nuts. And so it seems like the plot is pretty unpredictable. And like Dan said, it's, you know, no one's covered in plot armor. So it really does feel like I would think a lot of crazy stuff could happen. At any moment. You'd I'm have sure. to tell me, Dan, because I, I dodged this one. No idea of the veracity of those claims, but it it doesn't feel, at least the show, can't speak to the manga, but the show feels well, you know, planned out well enough that while there are definitely surprises, it never felt like anything came out of nowhere. It didn't feel like there were twists for the sake of twists or things were um, being, you know, it didn't feel like you were watching someone's fever dream, just something that someone someone had come up with that was inherently both fascinating and deeply disturbing at the same time. So maybe that's just due to an adaptation. Maybe they've, you know, streamlined things a bit, but again, I can't, uh, can't speak to all of that. It definitely has the markings of someone who had, who is at least channeling some of their, you know, more crazy ideas, but, uh, either way it's, you know, it's doing a really bang up job for now and really, really looking forward to seeing how it goes. Okay, but Dan, the important question is, does anyone learn air jump? Because that seems to be the theme of this cast. <laughs> uh, not as far as I remember. I don't think there's oh, any... forget uh, it. I don't think there's anyone who can air jump, but there is a lot of, like, you know, jumping jumping off of buildings, running, you know, running up and along giant enemies and things like that. So if you're into that sort of thing, you're definitely covered. Oh, neat. So right. who, uh, who wants to take us away next? Sure, uh, me again. We've got the uh, the final season of Utoara Rumino, which is called Mask of Truth. Uh, so I think I probably mentioned it on the last cast that I was, you know, halfway through, but now it's actually concluded. Uh, and I think, like I said then, still true now, uh, it recovered after the se- very bad second season. And it did successfully end the show. So they, they pulled off a reasonable ending. Uh, it's nothing amazing. Like, I'm ultimately not going to, like, recommend it unless you are along for the ride somehow, even still after season two. Uh, But, you know, it's reasonably well animated. The story closes out successfully. Uh, In terms of cons, like, it does suffer from villain power creep. Uh, You know, kind of classic JRPG style where by the end they're fighting literal gods. And so no one but the top two most powerful characters can do anything making you wonder why they dragged them along this whole time to do battles with swords and arrows when now they have to deal with, like, you know, beam weapons from space or whatever. Moral so, support. Yeah, they're, they're all just relegated to being cheerleaders uh, for, like, the not the majority of the show, but, like, a good part of the last arc is just, like, god punch-ups and everyone else being like, boy, I sure hope they don't step this way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll just stand here. Yeah, we'll just kind of stand here, and every time one of these giant guys takes a step, they'll be like, whoa, look out. So uh, as a result, it's just it's kind of just not that interesting. Like, you can sort of see the plot beats coming from a, a long distance off. Uh, but it does close things out, so there is that. There's nothing offensively bad in it. There's nothing offensively bad in it. It's just sort of mediocre. Ah. Well, I suppose better to end on that than on the much more disappointing second season, as you described. Yeah, second season was a mess. I think the whole point of the second season, from what I can tell, is to build up your interest in this cast of characters, only to not use them in the third season. Like, great. Well, I'm glad we had all of that. 
So it's even worse in retrospect? <laughs> the second season is even worse in retrospect because what little character development you're getting doesn't pay off for that many of them. Not enough people in the God Puncher class to uh, matter in the long run. Yeah, there's like two people who are God Punching class, and there's a cast of like 10, you know, major characters. Good gracious. So. Wow. Okay, yeah. I'm impressed you took that that journey, because I was with you in season two, and I fell off that wagon and ran for the hills. Yeah, I mean... I could certainly see why, but I was like, eh, at this point, I do want to want to see it end. So I, I did keep with it. And hey, they resolved all the there's no there's no mysteries left unturned. You know, any any questions raised by the second season were at least answered. All right. At least there's that. Yeah. But I guess if you're if you have not gotten into Utawara Rumino, it sounds like you don't recommend you do. I don't recommend it, no. Like, you're only here if you're here to see the story close out. Like, if you've seen the first season, I wouldn't bother with the second and third. The the first is fine on its own. All right, sounds good. Yeah. All right, who's up? Uh, I can go. I think uh, the only other show that I followed this uh, season outside of our rolling review show was uh, the second half of Spy X Family. Um... And I mean, it pretty much stays true to form. It continues the like day in the life uh, of a master spy and a deadly assassin as they try to raise a uh, psychic child and get her through school while dealing with their own, you know, ridiculous jobs uh, in sort of this alternate Cold War era, totally not East and West Berlin kind of scenario. And it's a ton of fun. It's really well, you know, it's really well written. The comedy's sharp. The animation is great when they need to, uh, you know, bust out some more high uh, high stakes action. Um, but it always remains pretty lighthearted, despite having, you know, some heavy themes here and there when it comes to, you know, war and trauma and other things like that. It isn't, they aren't ignorant of those elements, but they never let them uh, break the flow of what's otherwise supposed to be a pretty wholesome, you know, family comedy sort of thing. Uh, characters get a little bit more time to flesh them out and their relationships. Uh, it seems a little bit more focused on the family aspect than the spy aspect, despite a few high-profile cases here and there. And one absolutely bananas underground tennis match that spans <laughs> two episodes that I was riveted for. <laughs> I mean, that sounds epic because we all know my deep love of birdie wings. I love some. I immediately thought of that. (laughs) Yes, some underground sports. I mean it literally, literally underground in this case at one point. Wow, that sounds amazing. It it is. And yeah, like I said, just real fun. Uh, There is a new character introduced, a new new high profile character introduced who's a. a uh, compatriot of uh, Lloyd, our spy in the uh, spy uh, part of the family. And she is, she's interesting. She's ultra competent, at least as competent as he is, uh, you know, extremely dangerous on her own. And we are given to believe that even he is, while not like afraid of her, is, is cautious around her. But, Again, not to spoil it, her motivations are very narrow, and I don't think it necessarily adds as much to the uh, it necessarily adds as much to the show as they think. Um, that having been said, the scenes with her are still pretty funny, and some of the non sequiturs that you get out of it are pretty hilarious. So I'm not going to say they're doing a bad job with it. It's just that they rely on a certain trope that I find a little bit eh, it's not. I don't know, suspect maybe, but uh, mm. that that relatively minor like nitpick aside, the rest of the show is great. Anya is still terrible at school. Her psychic <laughs> abilities are really all that keep her sort of in the game, but they are still very useful. And she demonstrates, you know, a lot of learning and uh, you know empathy over time. And it's uh, it's it's just super charming. I really love it. Oh, I'm glad to hear it's still good. Like, I didn't get time to see the second season, but I loved the first, so I'm really glad. Definitely worth it when uh, when you do get around to it. Hmm, yeah. 
It sounds really great. You're doing a good job convincing me, Dan. At some point, I do think I'm going to try this. It was very much another example, much like uh, Chainsaw Man, where I saw a lot of people like hyping it up very early on. And I was like, this sounds like something I would enjoy. But I feel like when I see so many people all going in on it, I have a weird reflexive cynicism. And it just it it I know that sometimes I have been proven right. And it turns out that something, you know, something that has very broad appeal tends to be kind of shallow. But in this case, you know, there are things that are absolutely popular for a very good reason. And this is definitely one of them. It's it's a fun show. It's good. You know, it's it's one of those things that is, you know, it's very anime, but in the right ways or the fun ways, I guess, if you want to say it, because it relies on a lot of the visual gags and styles and tropes that we have all come to understand for those of us who have been watching this medium for a very long time. But it handles them in such a good way that I'm not saying you're forgiving them. You're actually enjoying them. It's, it's reveling in what it is. And it is, you know, it is doing that very well. I'm going to play marketing department for Dan here. Come for the solid action and family dynamics. Stay for the underground tennis. Yep. So. Underground tennis. Uh, so yeah, good times. Uh, definitely look forward to seeing what you think, Scott, when you hit the second season. Uh, so mm, definitely. who wants to play us out? Who uh, Who has anything else? Oh my gosh, speaking of good times, yeah. do it yourself. Do it yourself. Yes. Let's talk about do-it-yourself to close out. Oh, man, do-it-yourself. So, Yua uh, Serufu is this really clumsy, doof-faced girl who lives next door to her bestie, Miku. And uh, she is not able to get into this really fancy Votech school that Miku goes to, which teaches you, like, high-end AutoCAD and, and 3D modeling printing and, and 3D printing, right. All of those techniques for what I'll call like futuristic product design. And instead she gets relegated to, you know, this other high school and she ends up joining the do-it-yourself club. And it's just an adventure of all these girls coming together to learn to make things themselves by hand. Yeah, and it is, man, it is great. Like, for me, uh, this is my show of the season. Like, it's fun. It is well animated. The uh, the opening theme is amazingly catchy and cute. Uh, and it has just, I don't know, the perfect balance of, like, character interaction, club activities, and explanations of the craft for the audience's benefit. Uh, what did you think there? Sam? I mean, heck, Scott, this was, your, this was your show of the year. This is my show of the year, definitely. If everyone remembers from from the write up, yeah, no, I'm with you. This this was like um, being given a hot cup of tea and wrapped in a a nice warm blanket. Like this show is so calming. It's lovingly crafted. That pun was totally intended. Nice. It you know in, invites you into this quietly futuristic world with its caring cast of characters, and you just come out of every episode feeling so soothed. Like I was I was so happy every episode and you know if, if you're somebody who has an interest in making things yourself like maybe you'll be inspired to make something with your own two hands right it's it's a beautiful thing to do that and i think the show really like wants you to feel that way it teaches you some new skills and i think the powerful lesson through the show without it being super preachy is like this idea of engaging with an analog world right like really picking up tools really putting things together like feeling that satisfaction that comes with making something you can touch right so i think that was that was really impressive honestly this show is is just a miracle in a show claw like in a medium clogged with shows just like this it's unbelievable that this show exists and and how great a dynamic it has with all of its characters so uh incredible i love it it was amazing it's it's done in like this soft like pastel type of color yeah. scheme even characters you think are going to be really annoying or great like just <laughs> you know gentle and calming and caring and beautifully animated beautifully put together also i need everyone to know that one of the characters in the show is indian like genuinely indian oh yeah she's cool they gave her backstory, and I was like, that girl is in a lenga, and she is definitely Gujarati. Like, that girl's legit Indian. So, 
10 stars out of five. Okay? <laughs> 10 stars out of five. It's true. Like it's, you, you can't beat it. Like it's, it's got comedy. It's heartwarming. Uh, I really liked it. Like some of the times when they were like showing how to do the crafts, I was like, wow, that is really cool. Like I wouldn't have like, they were making like um, these little pendants or whatever that were like seashells that had sand in them that like all, they made it look like an ocean was like in the shell and they went through every single step and i was like wow all right like i kind of want to make a cool pendant and sell it online like they really yeah i don't know they really get yeah, into the craft uh but there's you know there's plenty of time for them to zoom out and hang out and but they're always like hanging out while also doing something you don't get like the chaos problem where it's like let's just hang out and never do our club activities now they're always doing club activities and hang out at the same time so they really managed to, to pack. That's a lot fantastic, in. man. I I don't know why I didn't uh, jump in on this show because I do you know a good bit of crafting, a lot of uh, hobby stuff around here, and there is absolutely something in this you know mostly digital age, oh. especially for those of us who work primarily you know on a computer, which I think is quite a lot of us now. And there is something just deeply gratifying about making something with your hands, and it's really cool to see a show that you know both you know sort of demonstrates and encourages that so i will absolutely go back to that uh, if i've got some free time this season to see about it i think i just didn't uh get into it because i had such a full plate during the holidays that adding another show just mm. felt a little like one step too far but really excited to give it a try now thank you for the uh recommendation oh, you're welcome glad to hear you're gonna try it out yeah i, I get that feeling there's there's too many shows not enough time yeah agreed but yeah Dan, I'll be very excited to hear what you have to say because it's a lovely show. But, you know, Scott, we do have to be open. None of the girls learn air jump. So that's <laughs> well, none well, of that are exists. You, are you sure? Oh, I'm sorry. Like the, I already forget her name, but like the Indian character, I swear she air jumps. <laughs> you know that she does run along rooftops and convinces that girl who's from America that she is a uh, shinobi. <laughs> So, That's true. you know, maybe she, you know what? The Indian girl might know air jump. She might know air back. jump. She, she knows air jump 11 out of five. So watch <laughs> the show. <laughs> Definitely. All right, guys. I think that wraps us up. Yeah, that's the season. Yeah, a lot of good stuff this time around. I got to say, overall, you know, there were a couple of duds, but the majority of ours seemed to turn out pretty well. So I think we made a good selection overall. Yeah, definitely. Good times. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Hopefully you found something new to watch and hopefully you avoid beast tamers. Yeah, really. Bye. Catch you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. This is a podcast by the con artists. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your Android podcast app of choice. For more anime and game related content, please visit us online at theconartistsblog.com. Thanks for listening.